I don't know if anybody else can pull this off the way that Trump has. And maybe, maybe it's good if he loses, you know? Maybe it's good if he loses because maybe, because what's happening right now is they're blaming everything on Trump. And all this violence, quote unquote, no, sorry, not quote on the violence. All this violence is Trump's fault, you know? Um, and so maybe if he goes away, maybe the violence will go away. Because that's really one of the things, the, the major things that I'm looking at is like, uh, almost 50 people have been murdered in these last six months or four months since um, George Floyd in the name of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Almost, it, was, it was 47 the last time that I saw, the last time that I checked. Welcome to Contentious Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to influencers, celebrities, politicians, and everyday people to show that we all have unique perspectives and that's a great thing. I'm your host, Ryan Malinowski, and today we are talking to Omar Rocha. How you doing, Mr. I'm, Rocha? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, uh, tell me a bit about yourself, Omar. Who are you? Where are you from? Born and raised in the D.C. area. Uh, to loving parents, Sam and Martha. Well, okay. This is a safe place, right? I don't really believe in safe spaces, but sure. Um, no, so... It's not a hostile place. Okay, well, that's that's good. That's good. Um, so, I think that growing up, um, I kind of lied a, a few minutes ago. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, a super loving home. Um, like, I had a very contentious relationship with my father. Okay. And uh, it actually wasn't until 2016 that um, we had, like, any kind of real reconciliation. Mm. And since then, we've, we've had, you know, a, a relationship. Um, but before that... Um, I always felt not valued by him. Okay. And uh, because of certain things that I, I, I probably shouldn't go into detail here about, but uh, um, stories that I heard about before I was born and, and when I was very young that led me to believe that my dad didn't actually want me slash love me and all that stuff so hearing those stories starting at a very young age um you know led to a lot of friction between my dad and I um I absolutely detested my father growing up we had good times there were good times because he wasn't completely absent but um he definitely made it difficult to to uh, to get along with him, um, I was the I'm I'm a mama's boy. Um, I have two older siblings. Um, my sister is just a couple years older than me, and then my brother a couple years a couple years older than her. 
and they uh, they kind of did their own thing. Um, but uh, my my mom and I were together like all the time. And um, if somebody did something wrong, either my brother or my sister, they would get punished. But I felt like it felt like I would also get punished because I was the one that was always physically there. Gotcha. And so there's a lot of yelling. There was uh, a lot of uh, physical uh, um, disciplining, if you will. Um, I didn't like it. I mean, no, nobody really likes being physically uh, disciplined, but it's, yeah. it definitely went too far. I don't um, ever remember thinking, oh man, I really, <laughs> I really could use a spanking right re- now. <laughs> yeah, why don't we put that on the schedule for two thirty this afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Um, there were there were a couple of times when my uh, when I was in trouble and I'd get spanked or whatever, and I realized that it would it would end sooner if I thanked my parents for doing it while it was happening. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, if I if if we were to have done that, they would think that we're being sarcastic. I, I was, yeah, I was, I sold it. Oh, well, good <laughs> on you. Good on you. Yeah, uh, so yeah, me and my dad didn't have a great relationship. Um, like I said, um, we have a great relationship now. Um, <laughs> part of it probably has to do with the fact that he lives outside of the country and I can't see him all the time. But, you know, we try to uh, video chat um like once a week or so. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so I grew up a mama's boy. I hated my dad, and I wanted everyone to love me, but I thought everyone hated me. Um, even those that I was close to, I struggled and still do struggle to believe that they care for me. Um, I took a, a course. Uh, I forgot what it was called. Landmark something. Uh, Landmark education. Okay. Um, about seven or eight years ago, um, that really helped me see more clearly uh, some of the situations that I painted a certain way growing up, um, that they weren't necessarily as violent or as uh, negative as I thought they were. Got you. Um, but in that uh, weekend uh, course, uh, the speaker or the trainer or whatever she was uh, was able to get out of me that I feel worthless mm-hmm. and uh, I know I, that was probably the first time that I had verbalized it especially in front of a group of like 150 people uh, because you know they, they talk to you and you know, with the mic and everything and they, they, want you, they want to help you and as they help you they help other people so Sure. Um, and they were all strangers? All strangers, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm oddly very courageous. Um, I don't know where that comes from, but, uh, well, at least other people would say I'm courageous. Like, a lot of people consider me courageous because of the things that I've done in my life um, that have brought me to where I am today. Um, but, uh I'll, I'll go ahead and agree for now. I do a lot of courageous things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of a lot of things. But, interestingly enough, about a week ago, um, 
I decided that I wasn't going to live in fear anymore. What, uh, what brought that decision about? Looking, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I've made a lot of decisions in my life also um, that have led me to where I am that have been based on fear. Um, fear of rejection, fear of um, failure, and all, you know, those, those things that we hear about often. And, and, but they, they controlled my life. Um, one particular fear, and uh, feel free to laugh, um, is a fear of sinkholes. Okay. And uh, like in the road sinkholes type of thing, or uh, you're, you're walking in the woods and all su- all of a sudden the ground moves from underneath you. All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. So afraid of falling into the abyss of the earth. Yes. Okay. And, you know, I always, like, not always, obviously, but um, I, I, I knew about sinkholes from a young age, but I wasn't, like, fearful of them. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it was about a decade or a little bit more um, ago that I've actually developed, like, an actual fear of them because you would see more and more in the news. Like, oh, this entire business was swallowed up by buy a sinkhole or you know this happened these this amount of people died or whatever I'm like but I think part of what um, kind of amplified that fear was the movie 2012 with John Cusack okay have you seen it no I haven't okay but it's right down my alley okay it's something that I would enjoy probably watching well so uh, unless maybe if I had a fear of sinkholes I might <laughs> Well, well, I I mean, I I think, well, okay, the only reason I say 2012 uh, might have been the the real starting point for it was because um, about two weeks ago I watched it. Okay. And those scenes where literally the earth, like California is where it's based in, um, you know, the earth is, the, the sun got too hot and the earth's core started to melt and that loosened up the the mantle the crust or whatever and the earth is shifting but california where john cusack's character lives is like the where the main events start and literally literally you know thousands of feet deep worth of of crust of the earth um, are imploding into the earth and you know they're on an airplane and Gotcha. Oh my god. Like those so watching that again, like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like really like not it didn't like make any new fear for me, but it reminded me of how terrified I was of sinkholes. And then <clears throat> a week ago, so a week after watching it again, um my aunt and I were talking and we're sharing, you know, some stuff about what's going on in our lives. And it's just she and I at, uh, at, at her house, at my uncle's house. And uh, that that whole conversation turned into, like, a time of, like, prayer and, um, and worshiping God and stuff. But what really hit me in that moment was that a lot of what I was doing was based on, on fears that I, I've had. Um, so I, I, I was having a, a, the last six weeks or so have been full of like depression and, and not so good thoughts. And, uh, and the, the, what 
started that bout of depression again was a bit of a, an altercation with a family member. And again, anytime I feel like somebody's mad at me, um, my world kind of falls apart. And it, it, shows, it shows up in very real ways. So depression um, causes me to like self-sabotage. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so um, I quit my job. You quit jobs. Yeah. I feel worthless. You feel worthless. Yeah. You struggle with depression and Sinkholes. Well, just to make the connection really clear. Oh, okay, right. Because um, that's where this started. Right, right, right. Anyway, so the sinkholes, they, they come out of nowhere. <laughs> the sinkholes come out of nowhere. Just like my depression, I never know when it's going to hit. But, man, it has a devastating effect on my life every single time. Just like a freaking sinkhole will. And two years ago, not only did I have this irrational, potentially, fear of sinkholes... But two years ago, I'm driving a freaking 45-foot coach bus cross-country. One of our stops is in, in Ohio. I think it was Columbus. Mm-hmm. And as I'm parking my bus, a sinkhole opens up under the bus. What? It was about 10 feet wide and about 10, 15 feet deep. Wow. So as I'm reversing, the front tires finally do the, the damage to the earth. Um, and so then it reveals when I, when I keep moving back... It reveals this freaking sinkhole. And what do you think that did to my psyche? Like, it, I'm seeing in real freaking life, in real time, pieces of earth fall, pieces of asphalt of this parking lot that I'm on. Right. Just fall into this hole. And I'm like, that easily could have been a 30-foot wide sinkhole. Sure. And I could be in that hole. Sure. So... That was that was in like May of 2018. Okay. And when I was in, I, I went to Colombia for two months, Colombia, South America. Okay. Uh, for two months in the in the winter of 2018, so like November, December, January. Um, I'm talking to my cousin about my irrational fear of sinkholes while we're like 30 feet up on a moving walkway that doesn't have anything on either side. It's only you fall to the bottom of the mall. That's it. And so you know he's laughing at me, whatever. Anyways, it was that conversation with my aunt where I realized depression is like a sinkhole. And I'm living in fear, making all these decisions in fear um, of, of what could potentially happen. Instead of being bold or just, not, just, just by not living in fear, the implications are, I would, I would assume, astronomical. Um, again, fear of rejection, fear of, um, fear of, uh, of failure specifically, like, uh, I've, I've sabotaged so many things in my life, um, so many potentially really good things, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, and I, I'm not saying that, you know, this decision to not live in fear is going to you know, perfect everything in my life, but, but I repented of fear and my, my goal is to not let it control me. So I don't know what that's going to look like over the next, you know, year, five years, 10 years, but you know, I have, I have plans, you know? Cool. Sounds like you found some hope. I did. I did. So you mentioned... 
you're a Trump supporter. I did. But you're Latino or Latinx. Or <laughs> Latino. I thought that wasn't allowed. It isn't allowed. And that's why so many people that are Latino that uh, do support Trump are speaking up. Um, I was watching uh, like a, a video down in Miami. They had a anti-communism pro-Trump rally where there was an estimated 30,000 30,000 cars that did this on the road um, like parade of vehicles. 30,000 and uh, Miami, I mean, tons of Latinos. And it was, uh, there was like, so I follow different pages on, on social media, Latinos for Trump, Latinas for Trump, you know, um, all this, all these, not only Latinos, you know, the African-American community, um, a lot of foreigners from different countries, from different parts of the world that have experienced all kinds of, uh, actual oppression um, uh, from their governments that are like wake up wake up America like this is really actually a good place like we come from places that are really fucked up you know and uh, we never want to go back there um, this is the only place the only country in the world that lets you be free you watch if you watch the news at all Every every African American, everyone you know, everyone who's black, every Latino, every you know, immigrant to this country is a Democrat supporter, right? Right. right. And if they vote Republican, they're not truly supporting their people. Blah blah blah. That's right. that's the rhetoric. Here, right, right, right. Oh, and I've been and hearing that since I was little. The polls tend to show that that's true, and that's the case. There's a lot of conservatives out there that say there's a there's a silent majority type of thing. That I know, for me, if well, let me ask you the question instead of giving my opinion. If a poll if a pollster came to your house, would you answer would you answer them? Would you answer accurately? Would you be uh, hesitant to say that you know you're a Republican supporter or a conservative? Oh no, supporter? not at all. No. Do you feel like that is the case among? The people that you talk with, though. the people that I talk with, that, obviously that also see things the way I do, or well, obviously you're an outspoken individual. Right? I am a very outspoken individual. Not not everybody's an outspoken individual, right. right? I know for me, like if a pollster came to my house, I might lie to him. I might tell him I'm voting for Biden, right? Uh, I might tell him I'm not interested. I'm not going to vote, right? Okay. I most certainly would not tell them that I'm going to vote for Trump. But, but why is that? Just for... Well, first off, I don't think it's any of their business. Sure. Beyond that, I don't want that to be the center of my life. Like, I don't want it to be, like, I agree with things, I disagree with things, but at the end of the day, whoever's president here in the next couple of weeks isn't going to make a huge difference in my life. Um, now, who's in, the, who's in the Senate, who's in the House of Representatives, who my governor is, yeah, that makes a whole lot of bigger difference. Um, but... At the end of the day, the if, if the Democrats win, the Republicans are going to have the White House at some point in time in the future, and they're just going to overturn all the executive orders that, you know, the previous one did, and vice versa, right? Um, plus, I, I, just, I just, I don't see the point of polls. They're going to get used for what? For the media? I don't agree with the media. Yeah, that's true. And okay. Like, yeah. what's the point of giving someone my opinion? 
on that, on that, you know, in, right. in such a simple form. Who are you going to vote for? Right, right, right. Without the why behind it, you know, the the how did you get to that conclusion type of thing. Right. Um, yeah, but I guess if it's a simple poll like that, I might, I might feel. If, well, I hadn't given it that much thought, so I would give my answer, and then they would probably walk away, and I'd be like, wait, that's it? Like, My question about this, Omar, mm-hmm. is do you feel like the media portrayal of minorities in the country is accurate in terms of what you've seen and what you know and people you talk to? No, it's not accurate. And, I, I, and I, I, I have a couple things to say about it, actually. Um... No, it's not accurate because, I mean, just in general, no, you don't have to be a monolith, you know, like, you don't have to all, just because you're Latino or whatever, you don't have to think the same way. So just in general, I think we all know that, but the way that the trends go, yes, historically, um, Democrats have the votes of, um, the votes that they need from, from the minority communities. Because for some reason, I mean, you just look at, uh, like, Democrat-run, like, big cities. Like, they're, they're a huge mix of uh, minorities and, and, what do I call them, whites? Um, gringos? Gringos? <laughs> majority? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> majority and minorities. There's obviously, there are obviously people who are Americans that aren't in the majority who support Trump. And they have valid reasons to do it. You know, um, but I think a lot of the problem is the media. You know, like, I have, okay, I have a friend. who's We're not friends anymore. We decided to part ways, like, as amicably as possible. Um, but because he completely disagrees with me and I completely disagree with him but one thing that I discovered um, in that last conversation that we had through text was that he's actually not seeing the full picture of what's happening in this country right now like five months ago I moved away from Maryland and one of the major factors was because I was actually scared for my life as a Trump supporter I can't, like, New York, Portland, you know, uh, Seattle, uh, all, all these bigger places where we see a lot of action. Mm-hmm. If you are a Trump supporter who is wearing any kind of Trump paraphernalia, you are a target. Not just a target for disagreement. You're a target for potentially murder. Why do I say that? Well... For the, I, I only became a Trump supporter two years ago because I was watching almost on a daily basis new stories coming out, new stories almost every single day of Trump supporters being physically assaulted because, they're, because they were known to be a Trump supporter and that's it, okay? I have never, I've never seen any news story of, you know, an Obama supporter being physically assaulted for being an Obama supporter. I've seen, you know, where they've been verbally, you know, um, 
attacked or whatever. But I was watching video after video on a daily basis of Trump supporters being physically attacked up to the point of murder, where we saw just about 30 days ago where a Trump supporter in, in Portland was shot dead in the street by an Antifa member, a self of, a self-described 100% Antifa man, you know? And then about seven days ago, we saw another Antifa person uh, shoot and kill another, uh, a Trump supporter literally 20 yards away from like 30 police officers who were all lined up. So when I say I was afraid for my well-being, I could not own, I could not get myself to actually purchase anything that showed that I supported Trump. And it's one of the major reasons why I moved to the South. A Latino moved to the South so he can feel safe. From who? From white people. These are Antifa members. Most of them are white. Sure. And the ones that have done the killing, at least the ones that did these last two murders, mm-hmm. were white. So, I, you know, one of the first things I did when I moved down here is I bought a Trump 2020 hat. Because I, I actually, for the first time in two years, felt safe to do so. And I wear that hat, and I wear it proudly, because the media paints this picture of Trump that is completely false. This guy, so Trump, before, uh, I didn't vote for Trump, okay, the, the first go around. I thought he was a jackass. But there were a couple things that he was saying that I was like, I can get down with that. Abolishing the IRS? Heck yeah. Um, and then building a, a, a wall on the southern border. Absolutely. I'm Latino. Latinos here in America who make it to America want a wall. Okay? It's it's the ones that are that are here illegally. Sorry. It's the ones that are here illegally. Actually, you know what? I'll even say this. There's there are a lot of I'll say a lot, but there are some Latinos that made it here illegally that want the wall. Because they understand that the wall is about security. It's not about hatred for a particular people group. It's about security. And that's why I want the wall. Okay? So, he was saying those things, and I I, I really liked it, you know, when he was running, and, you know, his first couple years. But I, I didn't vote for him, and I thought he was a jackass, and I was like... I can't really support him, really. I can't, I can't call myself a Trump supporter. But those first couple of years, I was watching as the violence escalated more and more. I hate violence. I hate, I, I really do. I talk about committing violence against Antifa people, mm-hmm. like that are currently hurting others. Sure. Um, but I think that's very different than going out and you know, attacking a journalist who's photographing or documenting your event, hitting hitting a journalist with a bike lock or a skateboard, um, rendering somebody unconscious on the ground and then having other people come and stomp on their head. and It's just disgusting. I hate it. But if, if you're talking about defending people against that, oh yeah, I mean, woodchipper go brr, you know, like I... I'm okay with 
with violence against violent people. And 99% of the violence that's happening right now, as far as political violence, is coming from the left, from Antifa, from Black Lives Matter. Anyways, yes, I am a Trump supporter, and I think uh, the media has successfully, for, for those that are all about the media, successfully painted this picture, a negative image of, of Trump. Um, and uh, but I think there is a silent majority and it's becoming less and less silent uh, they're becoming very very animated and vocal and it's exciting actually um, sometimes I think about like there's nobody like Trump nobody else like Trump in, in, uh, in politics which is you know he's very brash is brash the right word? Yeah, okay. it's definitely a word. He's offensive. He's uh, bold. There's nobody like him. There are other people that are uh, just as bold and critical thinkers, um, like Dan Crenshaw, who I'd really like to see you know, ascend, potentially. Um, but, but I think about it, like, I don't know if anybody else can pull this off the way that Trump has. And maybe, maybe it's good if he loses, you know? Maybe it's good if he loses because maybe, because what's happening right now is they're blaming everything on Trump. And all this violence, quote unquote, oh no, sorry, not quote on the violence. All this violence is Trump's fault, you know? Um, and so maybe if he goes away, maybe the violence will go away because that's really one of the things the, the major things that I'm looking at is like uh, almost 50 people have been murdered in these last six months or four months since um, George Floyd mm-hmm. in the name of Antifa and Black Lives Matter almost, it, was, it was 47 the last time that I saw the last time that I checked so these riots these peaceful protests you know, have claimed the lives of 47 people, and I think that's awful. You know, um, some sometimes I think maybe if Trump went away, it'll stop. But then at the same time, I'm like, it's not fair. You know, like I think he's a great president. I think he isn't the uh, as my friend put it. So I'll just steal his. Uh, his verbal IQ is not high, so he seems like a bumbling idiot, but he's not. He's a very intelligent man. He doesn't, you know, you don't become a billionaire like him uh, by being stupid. Like, I don't understand, like, how that idea even exists. Um, yeah, he says he repeats himself a lot, and he doesn't have... The eloquence of Barack Obama, but I'll take his bumbling over Obama's uselessness, you know, like any day. Do you have something to say? Then consider being on the show. Go to contentioustalks.com slash guest and apply today. That's contentioustalks.com slash guest to apply. Now back to the show. Well, so that's the first half, Omar. Thanks for sharing everything, letting us know who you are, and uh, being open and transparent about things you've been through and are going through and what you believe. That's awesome, and 
I appreciate it. The next part is everybody's favorite section. It's called the Tough 12. The Tough 12. The Tough 12. Right. It's 12 questions, three different categories, four questions each category. Okay. If I did my math right there. <laughs> um, uh, four. The first category, this is a good four. segue. You have two fingers on your phone? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> this is a good segue because we just got done talking about, uh, you know, your passion and support of our current president, Donald Trump. Um, but the first section here is politics. The first question under politics, mm-hmm. what's the uh, number one issue facing America? Uh, I've actually been saying this since uh, since 2008. And that is drum roll um, political correctness. I think political correctness has softened people so much to the point where everyone is offended by everything and because everyone is offended by everything um, there's no possibility for uh, working together and it's interestingly enough this is politics right? Mm-hmm. okay you can talk about whatever you want though <laughs> but this is that section right? yeah okay interestingly enough there are people in this country right now that are committing violence on a regular basis in the name of being uh, of destroying fascism. Okay, I'm specifically talking about Antifa, anti-fascists. So they believe that our government is fascism. Okay, or fa- they're fascists. One of the stated goals of Marxists slash socialists slash communists is um, tearing systems down to build a better one. Okay, like they have, just in general, there's this idea of tearing a system down for creating a better one, i.e. socialism or communism. That's what they think is better. 10 or 12 years ago, along with me saying political correctness, what I was saying was political correctness is what's gonna bring this country down. That's the, that's the statement that I was saying 12 years ago. And I've echoed that sentiment over the last 12 years. Um, but at the same time, what I was saying, because I was clueless as to what it means, I was saying we should tear down this system and build a better one. The problem is tearing down a system is only done with blood. And... I, I wasn't aware of that 12 years ago. Right. Because I thought it was just this magical kind of bibbidi bobbidi boop and it's done. Couldn't be further from the truth. Um, and so now I recant from, from, saying, from, from saying that. This is the first time I've actually uh, denounced that idea uh, verbally. Um, but I used to say that same stupid, idiotic thing because I had no idea how violent it was. And that's what people are calling for today. They're calling for the destruction of our current system. And maybe some of them are just unaware of the cost of what they're, what they're calling for. But they're definitely 
a lot of them that understand the cost and they are willing to, to do whatever it takes. Um, Project Veritas is really good at, uh, at exposing a lot of these people. Um, like leaders of uh, specific groups that are that are actually calling for um, like murders of uh, Jeff Bezos, um, um, uh, Bill Gates. These are and these are these are. If you're going to give them any political affiliation, they would call themselves Democrats. Right. Um, so, yeah, they they want they want blood. They want blood because it's the only way to make the change that they are looking for. Awesome. Next awesome. category. Here we go. Philosophy. Philosophy. Okay. What do you believe about people's ability to change? Outside of some kind of supernatural event happening in somebody's life, people don't change. Um, they they find different ways to do the things that they always do. Um, so people are. I think people are corrupt um, in general. A lot of people can uh, put on a good show, but people people are corrupt, and if they seem to have changed, I think they're just, they just found a new way of getting what they want. Um, that's all. That's it. That's philosophy. Two categories down, Omar. One category to go. If it wasn't so cold in here, I'd be sweating. You're welcome. <laughs> um, first question in the personal slash religious questions. What do you believe about God? I believe what I know from, or from what I believe about the Bible. <laughs> that there is a being that we call God, that we call Father, that um, <clears throat> through his son, Jesus, created everything. Everything that is created is uh, created through Jesus, his son. Um, and um, he is author over all of those things, and therefore he has authority to do with all his created things with you know, how he pleases. And uh, there's a whole story, you know. God creates man. And God creates dinosaur. Dinosaur eats. <laughs> <laughs> God, I must have missed that part. <laughs> Wait, do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it was Jurassic Park. Oh. God creates man. God creates dinosaur. Dinosaur eats man. God creates woman. Woman inherits the earth. Oh, no, God kills dinosaurs. Woman inherits the earth. Is that really a line in, yeah. uh, in Jurassic Park? It's yeah. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> the most amazing actor ever in the world. I love him to death, and one uh. day... Most likely, I'll have a tattoo of his face on my body somewhere. Right on. Um, God is uh, all powerful, all knowing. Basically, he's like a genie, like you would see in in uh, 
in like the movie Aladdin, all powerful, but he's actually real and he's not here to grant wishes. He's here um, outside of time and outside of um, restrictions because of any of our <coughs> any of our objections. Right on. Next question here under personal religion: What gives life its meaning? What gives life its meaning? I was thinking about something I, I would say along those lines yesterday or this morning or I can't remember. Um, to answer it right off the bat, love. And I think uh, so. When people hear the word love, they think different things. Um, even me as an individual when I hear the word love I hear different things but people will disagree on what love is the Bible says that God is love <clears throat> and we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and we are also to love our neighbors as ourselves um, so if God is love and we're commanded to love I believe that we cannot love, actually, unless we have God in our in our lives. God as the kind of the controlling um, factor or substance. Um, so, wait, what's the question again? What gives life its meaning? What gives life its meaning? Yeah. yeah so, so love, I, I think, is the the answer. Without it. Um, there is no, um, there's no substance really. That's it, Omar. You made it through the tough 12. Oh gosh, that was <laughs> miserable. That's it. That's a, uh, that's the podcast. So thank you for being on before we, uh, sign off. Uh, how can, uh, how can people get in touch with you? So you can reach me at my email, Omar D as in Daniel Rocha so I'll spell it out O-M-A-R-D-R-O-C-H-A at gmail.com um, or you can find me on Facebook at uh, Omar Osito O-S-I-T-O that's the Spanish word for little bear Osito is a nickname my friend Vaughn gave me in 10th uh, grade and people still call me that. Um, so Omar Osito, or on Instagram, Omar Acts Up. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on, Omar. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks for sharing, ha having a conversation. It was fun. I mean, it was awful, <laughs> but it was fun. Next week on Contentious Talks. Anyway, I, I, I just want to be able to challenge people's thinking even if that means they're like well if you think that then i'm not gonna be your friend it's like well if you think something i'm not gonna stop being your friend let's just talk through these things you know sure. but um there was a lot of people that you know in 2013 when i started asking hard questions just kind of like um you know threw me under the bus i started researching you know i probably won't get down this rabbit hole in this conversation but uh I started researching 9-11, I started researching like the Iraq war, I started researching all these things that I just realized that like what we were told was 
probably not exactly. And, and I didn't have like the exact opinion of what I thought happened and all these things. But I just started to realize that stories didn't line up and you'd have like a thousand page reports written just to kind of confuse people and basically take you back to the conclusion that the media, that the news told you. And I'm not just talking about CNN, I'm talking Fox, I'm talking all of them. Here's the story, here's a couple different sides of it, but we all got to believe it was happening this way. So um, those were things that I had really researched years before that I'd all need to make sure that we care about each other through this election season. Like some people absolutely hate Donald Trump. Some people absolutely hate uh, Hillary Clinton. Actually, we shouldn't hate either, but we just need to take an honest look at both sides and wherever people land, that should be okay. You know, things like that. Right. Like that, that's okay. Like that, right. that should be okay. And these people are like, oh my God, you hate gays. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't say anything about that. Or like, like if you go with this platform, then therefore da 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 da. And I was like, holy crap, this is literally the most religious movement I've ever seen in my life. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Contentious Talks. Did you like this episode? If so, consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. To get notified about new episodes, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect more, like Contentious Talks on Facebook. To support Contentious Talks and for more content, consider joining the Contentious Collective for as little as $1 a month. To do so, visit ContentiousTalks.com today. Contentious Talks is produced, hosted, filmed, and edited by Ryan Malinowski. Contentious Talks, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.